Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. If you would, turn with me to Psalm 78, verse 40. We're talking about... It's kind of... Well, I want to review just a little bit, but talking about thinking big... And don't limit God. You know, and and I can look over my own life, and I'm, you know, in in areas where I just was not there. I wasn't thinking big. I was thinking getting by. You know, you know, maybe I'm the only one. I I just, you know, I was thinking getting by this week, and you know, but God wants us. You know, He is a God of increase. He delights. It's like we were just talking about in our prosperity. He loves to take us from level to level. Amen. We should never stay at one plateau. Right. We should always be willing to listen and, 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 and take His Word and go to another level. I should look back over... Let's just say at the end of this year, I should be able to look back and say, you know what? I have grown. Amen. You know, I've, I've grown up in some areas. The thing about God is He never, he, that's, he, he, it's, it's a progression. He doesn't show you everything you need to work on. It is progression. He'll lead you on. But then there's step in that progression. There's that ear and then the, the corn in the ear and, the, you know, the full grain in the ear. And it's that, that progression on up. Amen. So and that's like that all the days of our lives on this earth until we get our glorified bodies. Right. We're, we're, Saints, this is not dress rehearsal. Come on now. Right. You, you know, I, I've heard oh, this just dress rehearsal. Honey, this 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 is the real thing. The works and and the callings God has placed on us. It's not rehearsal time. It's time to go get with the work. Jesus said, "Work." Jesus, said, I must work while it's still light, while it's still day. There is a night coming when no man won't. It, the the door, the Gentile door, is going to be shut. So there is a work to be done, and God wants to lead us. The point I'm trying to make is God wants us to step up, think bigger. And I'm the first one, okay? He's talking to me. So I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. I'm just saying there's always room to think bigger. Right. Like we said Sunday, you know, whatever you, you think you're thinking big, well, God can think bigger. Right. And he dares you to think bigger. There's a challenge for us to think bigger. Why not? Because everything's been bought and paid for. It's not like God has to do something new for you. He's already done the new. It's not like God has to pull something out of his, you know, out of his pocket or something. Here, I got something just, well, it, to us it's new. But to him, he's already been done, bought and paid for by Jesus, right? Okay, in verse, chapter 78, verse 40, it says, How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Now, you have to remember, they grieved him or provoked him, or put him to the test, whatever translate, uh, I think the King James says he put him to the test, 
Ten times. They provoked the Spirit of God ten times. God keeps count. He didn't say it several times. No, you did it ten times. I, you know, God says, i got to remember. I remember. Hallelujah. Verse 41, it says, Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. And that's what we're talking about. Small thinking. The way you see yourself can limit God. And we're going to get into that again in just a second. But I'm going to read this verse 41 out of the Passion Bible. The Passion Bible says, again and again, they limited God, preventing Him from blessing them. They prevented God, the maker, creator of the universe, this earth. See, a lot of people say, well, God can do anything He wants. No, He cannot force His will on you. He has to work with you. He is, we are co-workers with Him. It's not like God's forcing us. He can't do it. All right? So He has to work through people, through us. And if we, if we can limit, limit Him from doing great things. Just by us not thinking right. And if we're not thinking right, then obviously it affects everything else in our life. In verse 42, it says, and this, is, this, and, and this is the reason, they did not remember His power the day that He redeemed them from the enemy. Other words, they didn't remember God's goodness. He, they, I mean, the day... I mean, those, when they applied the blood to the doorposts and, and they ate of the lamb, those were types and shadows of Jesus. They only, not only had the word of God, but they had all these types and shadows. And they did not remember. We take communion, like we said Sunday. Why? In remembrance of what he's done for us. We, in other words, you start thinking, you, you start using this. Yeah, that's what the word, by His stripes, we were healed. You put yourself in remembrance of His goodness. They forgot to put Him in remembrance. I mean, you think about it. He, he, he parted the Red Sea. They walked across the Red Sea. They started singing praises and, with jubilee. Then they watched their enemy get wiped out. They forgot all that. That's tragic. God, see, God called them into a land. For them to do that was beyond their ability for the, and to begin with. God will, God will, and it's the same for us. I'm thinking of Peter. When God, when God told Peter to step out of the boat, as you recall, he had to step out of his own ability into God's ability. God will have you do things 
that's beyond your ability. I thank God that Peter did that. We still talk about today. It still gives God glory today because he stepped out of his own ability. He left his ability. It's on the shelf because what he's about to do, he can't do. And God will have you do things in the natural you can't do. This brings glory to Him. And He's able to bless you because you stepped out in faith. See, like we said, faith isn't... We're not talking about natural. We're talking supernatural. When God tells you to do something... He gives a word for you to do something and you act on that word. It is more than enough for you to accomplish the task. Peter had one word. I need more than just one. One's all you need. If you think you need more, your thinking isn't right. It's more than enough. Turn with me to Numbers 13. Hallelujah. The Bible says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And if we're going to see here, now, I just said, as you think in your heart. See, there's a lot of things you can think in your brain. The devil could play games there, right? He could put things in your thoughts. Right. And you cast them down. But you start thinking in your heart. Now, we're talking about meditation now. We're talking about you thinking on it. You're thinking on it. You're pondering. You're pondering. You're thinking. And then it drops from up here. It it's no longer mental ascent. It's now dropping down into the heart. Now we got a problem. Because, because of your thinking and meditation, that's how strong meditation is. That's why God told Joshua to meditate day and night. That's because it's a powerful thing to meditate. And it could work both ways, right? But in the negative, here, we're going to see that they're, they're thinking wrong. They're, they're meditating on the wrong thing. You meditate on it long enough, and then, then the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, because what you've been thinking is in the heart, now it begins to bubble up out of the heart with words. Now let's pick this up in verse 31. Um, let's see. Yeah, we'll just go up to 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land which we, which we have gone as spies as, as, that devours its inhabitants and all the people we saw were men of great stature. Now see, so far, God never said any of that. 
This is completely by sight. This is what they're feeling. Faith isn't a feeling. Faith isn't some emotion. Now, it can express itself, but faith is not some emotional thing. It's not some... No, faith is on the Word. Never changing. It's always constant. We go on, it says, and there they... Verse 33... There we saw the giants. Now here we go. The giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and they were, and we were like, now get this, again, we're, we're repeating some things. And it says, and we were like, underline that, like grasshoppers in our own sight. You want to talk about some bad thinking. And so were we in their sight. Well, it doesn't really matter what they think, right? It doesn't matter what other people think. It's what you think. What are you thinking? The Word said, God said, I have a land for you. It's a good land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's the best. That's the land I got for you. Now, Joshua and Caleb have seen the same thing, right? The same identical thing. But their report isn't the same. Now, what's the difference between the two? It begins with the wrong thoughts, wrong thinking. They're they're seeing themselves not the way God sees it. They're seeing themselves as little, little insects. And like we said Sunday, a grasshopper can fly. And that's exactly what the devil tells you. Yeah, you can fly, but not very high. You're a grasshopper. And then you, then you fly. Grasshopper... They'll fly so high, then they'll have to land. Then they'll jump around a little bit. Then they'll fly again for a little bit. But they never get to soar like eagles like we're supposed to, right? They don't, they don't mount up with wings like eagles, like us Christians. That's, that's, just our, that's what we do in Christ Jesus. <laughs> but the devil wants to cloud everything up. He wants to see, he wants you to think very little of yourself. God thinks very highly of you. He sees you in Christ Jesus. So yes, you are well able to take the land. You are well able to do what God said to do. Now look, now look at, look at the, Joshua or Caleb's response in verse 30. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, same scenario. Caleb has seen the exact same thing. Nothing's changed. And I'll even add this. Caleb went to the biggest mountain. Caleb walked around 
where the bigger giants were at. Well, why, why would he do that? Because they had bigger homes, bigger trucks, bigger toys. God doesn't mind that. Come on. It, it doesn't seem to phase him one bit. Now look at this. See, this is what we call mixing. What's well, he? He's mixing faith, his faith with the word of God. Now look at this. Now he knows he don't. He doesn't have the ability to do this in himself. He's stepping out on the ability of God to do it. Right. Now look at this in verse uh, chapter fourteen, verse eight. Well, actually, we can we can just back up to verse seven. And he and 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 Joshua and Caleb, and they spoke to all the congregation of of the children of Israel, saying. The land we pass through to spy out is exceeding good land. If the Lord delights in us, then He. Do you see that? Who's going to do it? He. God's going to do it. He will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. For they are our bread, nourishment. For their protection is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the people said, Hallelujah! We'll just, no, 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 it doesn't say that. It said all, all the people, all the congregation said to, said to stone them. Ah, oh, they didn't like that, did they? That took some courage. Because you're talking, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm just saying two million people. The majority. So you're talking two people against two million. And they're wanting to stone you. But Jake, but Caleb and Joshua are not backing down. Right? <laughs> because they know what belongs to them and they're going after it. In other words, they have their hope, a vision. You got to have a vision. That's what we're talking about. Thinking big, a vision for your life. Thinking big. Uh, uh, some, listen. When you have hope in front of you, there's an enthusiasm. There's an excitement. Hope is an expectant. You have an expected end. In other words, you have an expectancy of good, a confident expectation of good because you have hope out in front of you. In other words, you're, you're excited. And, you, and like we said on Sunday, verse 30, you can tell by his attitude. Caleb is excited. He's got a vision. Well, Press Chuck, I don't have a vision. Get some word. Hope comes from the word. Start seeing what the word says you are, who, who you are in Christ Jesus. Start seeing it. The Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. Isn't that a good vision? 
That's that's why I, I just I like to keep that in front of me. By his stripes, you were healed. That's more than enough to heal me. That's more than enough to keep me well. I keep that in front of me. It's the vision. And guess what? My faith, as I'm walking by faith, not by sight, like the grasshopper people, but I'm walking by faith. And as I walk, my faith is giving substance to that hope, to that vision, to that dream. So whatever you... The, the, this book is loaded with hope. It's loaded with hope. If you can't figure something, you ask God to show you something. It's loaded. Joanne and I were talking about today. We were talking about, you know, not that verse, but we're, we're talking about, uh, I think it's, uh, well, it's, it's Psalm 103, verse 5. It says that the Lord, well, I'm, I'm, added, I'm adding to this. I'm, making, I'm paraphrasing this. The Lord satisfies my mouth with good. And then he gives you the answer. What is good? My youth is renewed like the eagle. We were talking about that coming here. I, even talking about it. I just love talking about it. I'm 63, but I don't have to act like 63. He renews my youth like that of an eagle, not a grasshopper. I'm not going to be flying around, hopping around like a grasshopper. I am not thinking like that. I'm thinking youth. I'm thinking prosperity. I'm thinking, look what the Lord has done. So why would I want to think anything else? If I am thinking of something else, that tells me that I'm not casting down the imaginations like I should be doing. See, there's some imaginations you should keep. Things of God. Well, He tells you what to think on, right? Philippians 4, 8. And one of those things He tells you to think on is a good report. Well, Caleb and Joshua brought back a good report. Exactly what God said. They gave those people another chance to renew their mind, to remind them of the goodness of God, but they didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. So now we got a problem. Because you start speaking those thoughts, you start thinking, and you're thinking too much, and they start dropping into your heart. The abundance of the heart, it's going to start coming up. That's, the math, that's uh, Matthew 12, 34. It's going to start coming up. Houston, we have a problem. Because those are seeds. Like Kenneth Hagin says, wrong thinking brings wrong believing. It, it work every time. Verse 28 in chapter 14. This, this is the result of wrong words. Wrong, the result... I would say this, the results of the result of wrong thinking, wrong believing will eventually bring wrong speaking. Thoughts, words, and deeds. Verse 28, it says, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. 
just as you has. He didn't say thinking. But thinking led to it. It's when you start speaking words. Why? Death and life's in the power of the tongue. There is, you'll reap what you sow. And words are seeds. God's not going to be mocked. So, Pastor Chuck, what are you saying? I'm saying get, get your thinking straightened out. Don't get rid of that poor image. This is an example for us. It says in the New Testament, these, these are written down for our examples. Don't see yourself as a grasshopper. Don't think like a grasshopper. Don't think little of yourself. Think the way God thinks of you. Think and talk in line with the Word of God. Amen. Listen, they never made it, right? They never made it to the promised land. They, they, God, God didn't, God took them out of Egypt, brought them into that transition of, of the wilderness, the, the land of just enough, right? The plan was the, the land of more than enough. The abundance, but they limited God because of the poor image they saw of themselves, and that led to everything else. They're believing, they're speaking. It's just a, it's like a domino effect. That's the reason why the Bible says, "Renew your mind, be transformed by the renewing of your mind." Kenneth Hagin always said this. I mean, I don't know how many times I heard him say the most important thing for the body of Christ is the renewing of the mind. Amen. The mind, the mind, the mind. It's the renewing. You got, it is ongoing. You don't take vacations from it. It is ongoing. If you start slacking off, I guarantee you, the, your, your vision, your sight, spiritual eyesight will start to cloud up. It will, because He'll distract you with other things. If you don't spend time in the Word, well, Pastor Chuck, I come, you know, once every, once every now and then to church. Isn't that good enough? <laughs> it's not even close, to be honest with you. You got, you got this. This is something, saints, we get to apply on a daily basis, especially in this time and hour of living. And I was listening to so a process, a, prophecy teacher today and he was saying things are lining up big time uh, and you know regardless I mean to me we should be ready to go right we should be ready but but hearing and, and watching all these prophecies line up all these nations in the Middle East lining up, and it just, it just, it, it, it makes me even more, uh, I guess, a hunger within me to make sure I'm ready, to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, being a witness. Come on, not just, not, not just concerned about me, myself, and I, but doing the works of Jesus. Doing everything I know to do. Satan, time is running short. 
Hallelujah. Now turn with me to, let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 3. So bad thinking, not, you know, Caleb and Joshua, thank God, they never let go. They, they never, never let go. of the, What did they do? They held fast, didn't they? They held fast to their confession of hope, that hope, the promised land, without wavering. For the Bible says, it goes on to say, for God is faithful to his promises. They counted God as faithful. God said it, we're going. The other guys said, uh, the giants are too big. God isn't faithful to his promise. They didn't want to step out. They got into fear. So they started mixing fear with their words. Other words, you could say they worked faith in a negative, in a, in a negative sense. They took, it worked both ways. You'll have what you say. Verse 19, it says, and so we see, chapter 3, verse 19, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear least any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith to those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. It says here they didn't profit because they didn't put the word in their mouth. Other words, when they saw those giants, what they should have done is to say what God said instead of focusing in on what the enemy was doing. They should have spoke the word, put the word in their mouth and started to speak what God said. That's mixing the word. Or the word says you got to put the vision, you got to hold fast to what God has told you to do. Hold fast without wavering. Listen, there will always be a chance. Let me back that up. If God tells you to hold fast, that must mean, mean that somebody wants to take it. Somebody wants to take your vision. Somebody wants to take that hope. Because he knows, the enemy, the devil, knows if he could take the hope your faith will not have anything to work for. Faith will lay dormant. It will. Faith won't do a thing. Well, Pastor Chuck, I am a man of great faith. Well, only as far as you hope. And we're not talking about wishful hope, wishful thinking. Your faith will not work without hope. It is not designed to work without hope. It won't do it. Faith gives substance to the things 
hoped for. If there's no hope, faith has nothing to work for. What are you saying, Pastor Chuck? I'm saying put your vision out there. Get it out in front of you. And you keep holding fast until it comes to pass. You keep holding and you keep holding it fast because he wants to take it. Some translation, that's in uh, Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, verse 23. Some, I think the King James says, hold fast to your faith, which is true. But the actual translation, well, you could say faith, but actually it's hope. The, the Greek word says hope. Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. You remember in, in Genesis chapter 17, God came, the, well, the Lord was talking with Abraham. Abraham was, if you recall, back in uh, Genesis chapter 17, verse 5, I believe, Abraham is about 99 years old. It's been 24 years that God told him the promise. Now he's old. Now he sees himself obviously as old because <laughs> he is old. He's 99. His wife's 90. So God comes to visit him not to give him another promise. He's got the promise. But God comes to him to give him more revelation of the promise. So what does God do? He changes his name. Other words, instead of being Abram, it's Abraham. Now he's got the word in his mouth. Now he's, got, he's speaking the vision. Now faith can work towards accomplishing the task. In other words, the thermostat is set. God said, I'm setting the thermostat for you. This is revelation for you, Abram. I'm changing your name to Abraham because you're going to have to speak it. I'm going to have to renew your mind. And the fastest way to renew your mind is speaking the word. So, Abraham, that's your name. Now, Abraham, could you imagine how he's thinking? 99 years old, and he's calling himself a father of a multitude. Just imagine the people, what they think. That just comes with it. Persecution comes with it, right? But he's going to hold fast. Because now, all those years, he's, now he's got this revelation of the word being in his mouth. Now he's speaking it. Now things begin to click. Within a year, Come on, within a year, 
Sarah gives birth. When he, every time he says Abraham, he's getting a picture, a father of many nations. That every time he says it, I mean, it, a picture becomes clearer, not muddied up. See, you have to remember when Lord came to, to Abraham in, in chapter 17, he, he wasn't there believing in God yet. He said, just let Ishmael have it. Just give it to Ishmael. I'm satisfied with that. I'm good with that. Just let Ishmael do that. Let him. God said, no. No. Not Ishmael. He's of the flesh. It's going to be Isaac. So by changing his name, he's able to, to renew his mind. And he's got now he's speaking the vision. That's his vision statement. You should have a vision statement, what you want to accomplish for God. God is able to multitask. You can have more than one vision. God can do more than one thing. Well, I just don't want to overload my faith. That's, no, see, that's, that's what's hurt the body of Christ. I heard that years ago. I'm not sure... I understand it, but saints, we live by faith daily. We're talking supernatural faith. It just takes a mustard seed faith, a seed. It's more than, it's not, it's not your faith, it's God's faith. It came from the Word. You, he gave you a measure of faith. There is no overload. You can believe God, but you've got to have the Word. You have to have scriptures. You can believe God. You put that hope, put your statement out in front. But saints, here's the key. You have to think, speak right. And it begins with the right thinking. So God changes his name to Abraham. So Abraham saying it day after day, probably multi several times a day. Sarah changes her name. She's saying her name. So things start to click. Things start to happen. Now, let's look. I'm, gonna look, I'm thinking this. Turn with the Luke chapter 1. So even though uh, Abraham is old, it doesn't really matter. But God changed his name, changed his thinking, and got the vision out in front. He's speaking the, the vision, and faith is giving substance to it. It works for every promise. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1. Here's a guy called Zachariah. Zacharias. Let's see. Let's see. Luke chapter 1. Let's start with verse 18. And Zacharias said to the angel... Uh, pardon me, let's back it up. Verse 13. But, the, but the, Okay, verse 13. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Look at that. Zacharias, your prayer is heard. Now, this, this is the angel, Gabriel, and he's showing up to, to Zachariah, and he's saying, Zachariah, your prayer is answered. So, so 
Zechariah has his prayer answered. So you would think he'd be, all right, all right. <clears throat> it goes on, it says, your, your prayer is answered and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you, and you shall call his name John. Now, verse, now go on to verse 18, I believe. And it says, Zacharias said to the angel. Now get this. His, here's his response. How should I know this? Other translation says, I need, he's, he's saying that I need a sign. He goes on to say, for I am an old man. And my wife is well advanced in years. Now get this. He needs a sign because he's seeing himself as an old man and his wife is an old lady. <laughs> but what does that got to do with it? The word says, the angel came with the word I doesn't care how old you are. Just like Abraham. He's 99. It doesn't matter. God says, I got a revelation for you, Abraham. Change your name to Abraham. It doesn't matter how old you are. Here's Zechariah. He's an old man. Yeah. His wife's old. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter. It's what God says. God says... Uh, I heard your prayer. But Zacharias said, I'm old. My wife's old, well advanced in years. And the angel said to him and said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak you and bring you these glad tidings. And behold, now here's his sign. He gets a sign, right? Hallelujah. He gets his sign right here. And behold, you will be mute. And not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which, was which will be fulfilled in their own time. This is your sign. I think he's a believer now. It didn't have to be that way. The point is, in this case, listen. <laughs> when God says... In his word, what we sh you should have, let me put it this way. You should have a vision statement. I call it a vision statement for your household, for you. What you want to accomplish this year based on the word of God. I tell you what, if you don't, usually things this year will go on by and then you go into next year with nothing really happening. Because you never gave, you never gave faith anything to work for. Faith has to have an assignment. Faith is your servant. You get that out of Luke 17. It is your servant. Faith is not Faith is not designed to be doing nothing. It needs assignment. Hope is the assignment. It is the vision. It is the thermostat. Once you set 
your vision, once you set in motion what you want. This, this is the reason why I say don't limit God. You can believe God for anything it's based, if it's based on the Word. You can believe God for the impossible. Don't let this year go without believing God for something big. Believe Him. For little things and big things. Believe for all of it. Write it down. This is my vision statement. This is what we want to accomplish. Aim big. If you miss, that's okay. At least you aimed. I, I, I've been through this long enough. Joanne, I've been, been in this long enough. Done it. Got the shirt. Got the t-shirt. We don't go without a vision statement. It's there. And you know what? We're constantly changing it. Why would you do that? Because it was complete. We set the thermostat. When God told Abraham or Abram to change his name to Abraham, that is like setting the temperature, the thermostat. In other words, I set that thermostat for... Well, I'll just use... We have sometimes, you know, Joanne likes it really cold at night in the summertime. She turned the thing, she likes it at 68. That's pretty cold. I have to dig into the covers for that. <laughs> but she sets the thermostat, and that's ther for 68. You know what? That thermostat will work until it reaches 68. Unfortunately, it will work. <laughs> Why? Because the unit outside, that thermostat is calling for that unit to work. And that unit will keep working. That's faith. That faith will keep working till the, therm till the temperature is reached. In other words, your, your, your faith will continue to work until it comes to pass. It'll keep working. It's designed to do that. God has designed your faith to be at work. Set a goal. Step out. Be willing to take a risk. I don't know. It didn't bother Peter. He stepped out of the boat. There, there's times when, when you just, just say finances. Well, just believe God to, to give more. And there's things God will pinpoint for you to, to, to believe. He'll drop something in your spirit. This is what I want you to do. And listen, how can you tell if it's God or not or the devil? If it's something you can't do, more than likely it's God. Because he'll call you to do something that's beyond your, your ability. Just do it. Step out. Put hope out there. And, and watch your faith work. So we, we revised our, our vision statement 
uh, last August or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm spiritual, you know, I'm just saying it works. You know, it works. Your faith works if you work it. The word works if you work it. If you don't work it, if you don't put it in your mouth, if you don't, if you don't renew your mind, work the word, you get, that's what you get, nothing. But if you put effort into it and start mixing the word, start thinking right, thinking big, God thinks big. You know, I'm thinking of, you know, the, the woman with the issue of blood. She heard, right? She heard about the ministry of Jesus. She heard. And what did she do? She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. If I just touch the hem. What is that? That's a vision statement. Right? Turn with me to that. That's real quick. Just turn there. I, I don't want to be jumping around, but turn with the Mark chapter 5. Let's, let's go back to look at that. Mark chapter 5. Mark 5. Let's see here. Verse 28. For she said, uh, I'm sorry, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, now here, here's one, this is the New King James version of it. For she said, now the Amplified Bible says this, and this is very important. The Amplified Bible says, says and she kept saying. I said, she kept saying. What is she saying? She's saying her faith statement, or uh, she's saying her her. Her vision statement. I'll get that out. She's saying her vision statement, what she wants. Look at this. This is New King James. She said, if I only touch, uh, for, for if I may touch, for only if I may touch his clothes, I shall be well. That's her vision statement. So she's, she, she's saying this over and over again until what? Until she actually did what she said. She touches the hem of his garment and she got exactly what she said. Because why? That was the vision statement. What happened? Faith gave substance to the things Hope for. In other words, she set the thermostat to what she said. And faith was working the whole time. Every step she took, she got closer and closer and closer until she touched. Then she got exactly what the, her vision said. Based, based on what? Go back to the hearing part. She heard. Same thing for us. We hear. Uh, well, actually, right here, Jairus, same thing. He has a vision statement. Let's, let's look at this. We're right here. Let's see. Verse 23, this is the, the verse 23, verse uh, chapter 5. He says, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her 
that she may be healed and she will live. That is a vision statement. Has it happened yet? No. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. When she first started saying it, had it happened yet? No. But faith is working. Faith is giving substance to it. It keeps, just like the thermostat, it keeps calling. Just like Abraham, he's saying Abraham over and over again. What's he doing? Calling those things that be not as though they were. So it's calling and calling until the manifestation takes place. So he makes his vision statement in verse 23. And then we go on. Of course, they get interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood. And we go on. Let's see. Verse 36. And it says, as soon as Jesus heard the word of verse 35, and while he is still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Well, believe what? His vision statement. <laughs> we just read it. Vision statement says, come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. That's the vision statement. Guess what? Jesus did that. Guess what? It came to pass. Guess what? Faith working the whole time. That's holding fast. He had a bad report, but his, his hope, he said, that just like the word says, to hold fast your confession of hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So he's holding fast until it came to pass. That rhymed. Hallelujah. So what are you saying? Keep that thermostat on what you keep. Keep it set. Don't make no adjustments to that. Keep it on there until it, it comes to the, till it kicks the unit off. It's, it's reached its destination. Hallelujah. I mean, there's, I mean, we're faith people, right? We're lived by faith, right? The gesture live by faith. We're to walk by faith. So why not? Think big. Why not have a, a vision out there? Put it out there. Believe God. The bigger it is, the more glory God gets. Amen. Hallelujah. I think I'll just stop. Hallelujah. You know, I had a, well, not anymore, a dog called Ruth. Ruth's in doggy heaven now. I was wondering, I'd been kind of hitting, hitting, hitting around for, to Joanne about getting a puppy or something. And, 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 and she looked, one, then I, I think she got mad at me. She, she kind of looked at me. She kind of looked at me. She, she said, stop saying that. It could come to pass. <laughs> but anyway, I had this dog named Ruth. She's part, she's a part mix. But she is, I knew when I first saw her, Deanne's dog, that dog 
It's got lab. And you know labs, they love to retrieve. <clears throat> so, of course, I, I got these tennis balls. I could be in a garage. It could be on a hot summer's day. And John, you've seen this many a time. That dog would be laying on the concrete in, on, on the floor going, <laughs> you know, the dog's pant is hot. You know, they're kind of, it looked like they're going to die or something. <laughs> but I walked to that, to the shelf, and she already knows possibly I, what I'm doing. And I just, I'm looking at her, and I just go like this. And all that pat, and I'm going, I'm reaching for the ball, and she's, you know, she's going, and all of a sudden, <laughs> all that stops and her mouth closes. I pick the ball up. And by the time I get it to me, she's already up by me. The tail's going like this. She knows what, it, what we're going to do. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to call Ruth Faith Dog. I'm going to call the ball Hope. Now, I could take that ball, and I used the tennis racket. And she, she really liked this. I could take that tennis ball, or yeah, and I take that racket, and I could hit that thing with the good, stiff wind behind me. That thing will go. You know what little faith dog would do? As soon as that ball leaves, it is on a hunt. It is going after it. And we're not talking... A walk. It is full, flat, full blast. She is leaving a trail. That's what faith does when you put your vision out there. It gives your vision something to work. It gives your faith something to work for. She's chasing that ball down. She's, she, it's, she's, she's working. The, the vision's still out there. I released it, right? It's out there. Hope is always future. She's going after it. Now, faith is going to get it. She's bringing it back to me. Why? Because it's done. Mission completed. Other times, now, now that may take a while. Because when I hit that thing, it is way out there, right? So it takes a little bit for that to come back. That's the way it is spiritually. A lot of times you get your vision out there, you're believing God, but it may take a little while for it to show up. Just like a tennis ball. It took a while. Other times I take a tennis ball, and she liked this too. She likes to catch it in midair because she's show off. So I take the ball and hit it, and she, now she wasn't, she, most of the time she, she's able to catch it. Well, we'll say she's catching it this time. So I take the tennis ball and hit it, and she'll catch it in midair, and she'll bring it right to me instantly. That's a quick, as an instant return. Just like spiritually, there's some things you get, I mean, it's instant. I, we had some suddenlies. They're great. But most of the time I play ball with Ruth, the faith dog, usually it's the long route because she liked that long journey. She loved running. Of course, I had mercy on her. 
I'd only hit it four or five times on a hot day. Now, there's a reason why I do that, too, in the natural. Because she liked to work. She's a working dog. Now, she's not a guard dog. I mean, they could pack the whole garage off and she'd just... She, she wanted to be friends with them. She'd probably help them. Just to be a friend. You see what I'm trying to say, though? It's, it, what, I'm, what, what I'm doing, I, I want you to, 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 to stretch, stretch your faith out there. Allow your faith to be active. Think big. Think on something big that, that you know, you, you know. And I'm not saying to be silly. I'm not saying to believe God for a billion dollars. I mean, come on. We, you got to have word. So keep your faith active. You should not, your faith should not be dormant. Get yourself a, a vision statement. A bigger house, a new car, whatever it may be. Get, get, your, get a picture of it. How many times... We, we built three times, and every time we've had, we had a vision statement for that house. I mean, it just didn't pop up. It just it wasn't. See, vision, your hope is like a, I think Kenneth Copeland used to talk about hope is like a blueprint. There's no substance to it. It's just a blueprint. It's an image. Every time we did something, we had an image. We had it out in front of us. Amen. It's not complicated, but, you know, a lot of times if, 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 we don't, if we don't make an effort, nothing gets done. If we don't make an effort to get, get a vision statement out there, get our faith working, are we going to allow another year to go by and, and we had nothing down? Nothing, we're not, we don't expect God to do anything. We don't, you know, Pastor Mark, you know, this is a year for more. We all expect more. We got to have that expectancy. But if your faith's not out there, if your vision's not out there, guess what? Nothing's going to happen. God can only work. He can only work with people he can work with. So if we can get God, if we work together, right? See, a lot of times we say, well, I'm going to live for God. Well, God wants to live through you. That's, that's the ultimate thing is Christ living through you. And that's what, that's what I'm talking about. Faith is of the heart. Hope, vision is of the mind. You get those two hooked up. You'd be like Caleb and Joshua. And you, you look at the words. When they, when they said, let us go at once to take possession of the land, let us go at once. We're well able. The enthusiasm. You, listen, when you start getting a vision statement, you can live life with enthusiasm. You can get up each day and you don't have to be sad. Because hope is the anchor. Hope is the anchor of the soul, the mind. It anchors you in. It keeps you from drifting. It keeps the mind set. You got your thermostat set. And faith comes along and it accomplishes it for you. You just keep your faith on the job. Amen. Hallelujah. I can tell you're excited. 
I know you're getting it. This is more of a teaching. But I, I, I tell you, it's, it's helped us. And I, I only thing I can say is having hope, your vision statement out there, it's helped us. And I, I hope that maybe it will, to encourage you to, to think outside the box, and if God drops something in you, believe it. Take a risk. Step out of the boat. If you miss it, hey. Whoopee. You gave it a shot. But if, if it's word-based, it'll come to pass. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.